Welcome to episode three of CNR Sports Armchair Interviews, episode four in the Coaches Series. My guest today is Chris Whitaker. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me, Colin. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. appreciate you inviting me. Chris is a PE teacher at Dexter High School who is in charge of the strength and conditioning program called Iron Dread. He also is the head coach of Dexter's powerlifting team and is the host of his own podcast called the Iron Dread Podcast. In addition to these roles, he also coaches offensive line for the Dexter High School football team. Chris and his wife, Katie, live with the daughter, Mila, who's turning one later this month, and their bulldog, Lola. Let's get started. So, first question here, Chris, is you were originally from New York State, specifically a town called Epos. How did you end up moving to Michigan? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm funny. You mentioned that uh, Colin being from from New York. It's uh you've done you've done your research, good sir. Um, I'm from uh, a town called Esopus, New York. Um, Kingston High School uh, is uh, is was where I went to high school, and I wound up uh, in Michigan because of uh, you mentioned my wife Katie. Um, she's from Michigan. Uh, her and I both met during time in North Carolina. Um, when I was coming out trying to get a teaching job um, in New York and, you know, 2010, 2011, you know, 2012, there was no, there was no teaching jobs. You couldn't, couldn't get a job. You were in a pool of 400 applicants for, for one phys ed job. Um, so I, you know, kind of got fed up with that and uh, I moved to North Carolina and that's where I met my wife. And uh, she was from up here. We knew we didn't want to stay in North Carolina. So we uh, we tried to get jobs in Michigan. And I was lucky enough to land first at Ypsilanti Community Schools and then uh, get brought over to, to Dexter by Coach Phil Jacobs. All right. Sounds, sounds pretty cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, how long have you been coaching and teaching at Dexter? And, and what's it like for those who may not know? Um, this is year six. So we started in uh, 2017. Um, but this one came in and we, we started our kind of overhaul of the football program and the strength and conditioning program. Um, and for those unfamiliar with Dexter, where well, I'm going to try to I try to do it like the like the natives do, Colin. Well, we're, we're, we're somewhere somewhere there. I think I held that my hand the correct way for the. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it's you got to do it with the backside of your hand, right? Where, yeah, the backside too is also, yeah. also proper form. So, <laughs> uh, we're we're from just outside of Ann Arbor. Um, Dexter is a Division two school, so we are we aren't the largest uh, school size in the state of Michigan. Um, people from New York, you know, we have we have class double A, A, B, C. Here in Michigan, we have divisions, you know, one, two, three, four, the higher number of the division, the smaller the school size. So uh, we're a D2 school. Um, we've we've grown uh, into this size. Um, we recently switched different sides of our league. And it was the side of the league, you know, we play uh, football and all our sports in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, we switched from the, the white 
the uh, to the red, which is full of the the larger schools, the Ann Arbor schools, the Bedfords, the um, Salines. So it, it's a good place to work. Um, um, you know, the day to day at Dexter High School is very pleasant. Um, kids do a pretty good job when we ask them to do, and they're 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 motivated at times to to succeed and want to want to do well. Good stuff. Uh, so the name Iron Dread, how did that sort of come about? Was it sort of something where you just came up with it by yourself or were there other people you sort of workshopped the name around? Well, there, uh, with, with that, the Iron Dread program, our strength and conditioning program, when, when coach Jacobs brought me in, um, you know, because I had an, an advanced certification, I'm a, certified strength and conditioning specialist with the NSCA, the National uh, Strength and Conditioning Association. So because I had that and I had prior experience, uh, we knew that getting our kids stronger was going to be the way that we were going to win football games and and help the school. Uh, so Coach Jacobs tasked me to start a program. And when he gave me that task, I knew that at that point, and you've been around long enough, that, you know, you know this, Football was not succeeding in Dexter. Um, and we needed not only to develop a winning football culture, but we needed to develop a culture of strength through the whole school. So then maybe more of those athletes that weren't football players might start to, to come that way. Um, so I wanted it to be something that, in addition to that, I wanted it to be something that was for everybody. So it wasn't just, you know, the assistant, you know, one of the assistant football coaches up there running the weight room. No, it was, it was a, its own brand thing. That's for every kid that wants to come up and better themselves. Um, so I, I had to put a name on it and in, in college, uh, I went to the New York state college at Brockport in Western New York. Um, and we had, you know, Iron, we were the Golden Eagles. So we were, we had Iron Eagle football strength and conditioning. And that kind of stuck with me. You know, we took the dreadnought, the dreads, Iron Dread. It just kind of rolled off the tongue and designed, uh, designed our logo here. I, I put it on, uh, put it on everything. I'm, you know, very proud of the, proud of it and, and always fly it where we can. So well, that's kind of how it came to be. Cool stuff for sure. Um, yeah, and that's definitely important. As as I mentioned in the intro, you host your own podcast. Um, how did how did that sort of come about? And who do you consider your most memorable guest? You've had plenty of episodes out there for people to listen to, and so yes. I'm just curious. Yeah, we um started that one because I I enjoy podcasts. You know, I I learn I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, you know, for entertainment purposes, for um, learning. So I, I I've enjoyed them, and it, it started for me. It started listening. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Steve Austin show. Uh, I'm a I'm a wrestling fan. I I, I enjoy that. Um, but when it came to starting our own, it was like you know. I would like to do something that can help promote what we're doing here and help 
you know, kind of get our message out to our, our kids that are walking our halls, to our community, and then outside of our community. Um, so I, I kind of started playing around with it, with different things on, on how, to, how to do it. And, and I enjoy making them. And I'm probably going to, I'm going to need to probably recall this favor, Colin, of you having, you having me on your show, I'll say it live right now. We're going to, we're going to need to flip it. And I'm going to have you on my show. Absolutely. Uh, uh, here, love, here soon. I love a little bit of cross promotion. So yeah, that, yeah, that's something I would definitely be, be ready and down for. Um, so so we'll make we'll make that happen but it was uh when i when i started i first started just talking about dexter high school dexter sports and what we do right talking about our conjugate training system and, and all that and then what it kind of turned into is i looked at it and i'm like you know uh me i have way more interests than than just strength and conditioning obviously i love it and that's what i do but any i started to channel it to it, anyone you know, I'm going to have anyone on or talk about things that can be positive and fun for people to enjoy. And everybody's got a story to tell. Everybody's got experiences that somebody could be inspired by or, or learn from or be entertained by. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's how it, it kind of molded it, itself into what it is. And I just recorded episode 71 yesterday. It'll be dropping soon. Oh, cool. Cool stuff. Um, What's something about running a strength and conditioning program uh, that you want my listeners to know? I've been told by people that know and have read stuff around that it's the most important hire a head coach, particularly in football, can make, apart from the offensive or defensive coordinator, depending on the, depending on the coach's background. You know, mm -hmm. the strength and conditioning coach can be the most important guy. So I'm just curious. Well, with the with with running a, a a strength program, it's um you're you spend probably the most time with those kids uh, throughout the entire calendar year. So for us, it's you know I'm I teach all our strength classes during the day. Um, the the one block because we run a block schedule at Dexter High School. We have uh, ninety minute classes every other day. Um, the one block where I'm off, you know, that's when I have my off period that coach Jacobs, Phil Jacobs teaches that class, but right. we still, we still kind of team teach together. And um, he did it. He did it a long time before I ever did. So I've been able to have him as a good resource to learn from, but I guess, you know, people to know about it um, is it's uh it's not just, you know, the kids come in and there's the squat rack, there's the bench press, there's the dumbbells and go. Well, no, we have to find ways to to manage a room. We have to move people through in a timely manner and get it to where they're they're doing things the way we want them to do them and how we how we need them to do them in order to get the training effect. Um we'll we'll, we'll have sometimes we'll have excuse me, 70 kids in our weight room. You know, we have a 2,500 square foot weight room with 14 racks. Um, and it, it takes a little bit of uh, people management there to move those, all those moving parts around and get them to get the training effect and be safe. 
So right. it's a lot of times people when people will ask me about our program and a, a new person that wants to be involved and they'll say, oh, can can you know Johnny come and you know use the weight room? No, that's not that's not what we have. Johnny right. is more than welcome to come and train with us. And we try to make it a a training community and the the strength of the program is the people there in the weight room all training together. For sure. Uh, you mentioned Coach Jacobs. Uh, who else Who else do you consider your coaching mentors as you like think about your your own journey? Yeah, I mean, for you know, absolutely, Coach Jacobs ha- has been somebody that has not only been a, a mentor, but a friend. Um, I did not know him prior to coming to Dexter. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, your former guest, uh, Mr. Nick Schumann, um, he is a, was a friend of my wife's and now become a really good friend of mine. And he actually got me the the interview with Coach Jacobs. You know, he he spoke up for me um, to get Coach Jacobs to to give me the time in the interview. Um, so I, I've definitely learned a lot from Coach Jacobs and gotten to work with him. I've learned I've learned stuff from from Nick Schumann. Nick Schumann has been a, a uh, somebody that I can talk to and, you know, because we go through similar things, right. Mm-hmm. Even though, even though he, he works for, for our rival. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, and, and, and this is, this is his, his phrasing. So I'm stealing it from him. Um, we are, we only don't like each other for those three hours on a, on a, a fall Friday night when we're playing each other in football. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, and we we've been on that on that side of things where you know we we've been on the on the on the losing end uh this year we were able to be on the winning end of of that of that game and and snap that streak but we still always made it a point to at at the end of the game and we will continue to do this for as long as we're both in at the end of that game regardless who wins we meet at the 50 yard line we embrace um you know cuz cuz we're friends and and we, uh, you know, we, I learned from him and, and and enjoy spending time with him. But if I had to go back, it would be I could go back to some, you know, some of my younger days, for sure. Oh yeah, good stuff. Uh, um, he he well, said pretty much the same thing too. You know, he's he's friends with a lot of you guys. Like like you say, he knows Phil and. He he pretty much said the same thing. So it's nice to hear it from both sides as well. Oh yeah. It's uh there's there's the relationship between he and I uh is, is very good. Like I you know, I was, you know, just over at his house last weekend to celebrate his wife's birthday, and he recommended me uh, you know a great series of books that I've been diving in recently and, and it's been been great. Um but outside of outside of those two guys that are right here present here in, in Michigan, you know, I've been influenced by previous coaches. You know, my 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 high school coach Tom Lachlan, who you know was one of those guys that kind of inspired me to to get into phys ed and get into coaching. Uh, another one of my high school coaches, Kirk Reinhardt, who's uh, the principal at our high school now. Uh, he was somebody that mentored me from when I started in athletics all the way up. Um, 
my college coach, Rocco Salomon, um, who uh, sadly is no longer with us, but he, he, he had great things that we've been able to take. And, and as we, we go through life, Colin, I think we have these, all these people that influence us positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of, for me, I'm a, I'm a mix of all those names that I mentioned and what I do each day and, you know, taken from this, taken from here to, to make who I am as a teacher, as a coach and as a, a human. Good stuff. Uh, great stuff. Thank you for sharing. Uh, your father-in-law is a, the legendary equipment manager for Michigan, John Falk. I just want to know, like, you were dating Katie for a while, right? And you get to meet him for the first time. I just want to know, what's that like, a guy who's been around so many people who, you know, it's sort of considered football royalty, especially in this area, you know, the Schumbecklers and the cars. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and you know, with, with Big John, for me, being from New York – um, we always, always knew that Michigan and Michigan football was a big deal, but with New in New York, we, you know, we have Syracuse and, you know, college football. And that's about it. Right. You got you know, some of yeah. the Rutgers, um, you know, when I was, when I was coming up, Rutgers was a, a really good program when they had Ray Rice and, and all that, um, but for us, you know, where I'm from, it, it's pro football, right? It's not, yeah. not not college football. So, you know, I I knew Michigan uh, a, a little bit, and I knew it was a big deal. And you know, getting to meet John for the first time, I never forget it. We were in a restaurant in North Carolina, and um, in in walks John and my mother in law Sherry and. How you doing? John Falk. Nice to meet you. Um, you know, and he's got the 97 Sugar Bowl championship ring on that he he wears all the time, still to this day. Um, and for me, it was like, yeah, 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 I know who you are, John. <laughs> you know, it's uh and and even me, you know, you yeah. know, for for a minute, just and I didn't even know to the fullest extent of where, who he's had the chance to interact with, you know, he, he came from Miami of Ohio in the seven or sixties, late sixties, early seventies. He was brought to Michigan by Bo Beckler and, you know, has been there ever since um, up until recent years, you know, he, he retired um, coach Harbaugh gets hired in coach Harbaugh was a player while John was at Michigan um, and, you know, coach Harbaugh asked him to come back and he, he's the link between Bo Schembechler and present day Michigan. So it's pretty cool to, to learn that as, as we go. Oh, that's, that's very cool indeed. And, uh, you know, I read, read a couple books about Bo and, you can, you can definitely tell that there was a great level of respect between those two men. Uh, yeah. Um, for sure. For sure. People even say they look, they look alike sometimes when they're wearing their, their sunglasses. Uh, <laughs> so when did, when did you start, when did you start coaching 
um, you know, and what made you decide to get into it? You mentioned some of the people that have mentored you throughout the years. I, my first coaching experience, uh, and I tell that when every year when the kids do this, uh, I always tell them my first coaching experience was powder puff girls football when I was in high school. Um, yeah. And of course being a, a line guy, I was, I was the O-line, uh, O-line D-line coach. Uh, and that, that was my first experience. And, and with that, I, I didn't, I went in like trying to trying to help help them to understand the game. And it, it was a ton of fun, even though they were my peers, trying to teach them something that I had learned and I enjoyed that. Um, I had other experiences of mentoring youth and, and whatnot in high school, and that, that kind of made me take the route, you know, to go into coaching because I enjoyed being able to share something and teach something with with somebody and then getting to see them do it and getting to see them succeed in whatever we were working. Um, and that, that led after college, you know, I went back to Kingston high school and started coaching football for Jeremy Collins. You know, he was the head coach at the time. He gave me, gave me a shot, uh, along with uh, my good buddy, Quentin Johnson, who's the head coach at Kingston high school now. And we, we, our first year we came in in 2010 and and the high school level, I was O-line coach. One of my best friends and teammates from high school and college was the D-line coach. So we got to go back and forth together, and it, it was a blast. We didn't make any money. We were volunteering our time. We were student teaching, but it, it was so much fun. And, uh, you know, we beat our rival, you know, Newburgh Free Academy that year. And it, it was a great, great time. And then that kind of took me into coaching another team that I was a part of with track and field. And I, I was a throws coach for sure for six years at Kingston. I coached throws in North Carolina and um, every spring, like right around now when it starts to get nice weather out um, and the kids come into the weight room to train and they start talking about throwing a shot and discus. I'm still, I still uh, get it, get excited about that stuff. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. You know, I, I miss it. The, the, the amount of time commitment that it takes, you know, to be a strength coach, you know, working the 55, 60 hour weeks. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Katie would throw me out if I took on, uh, if I took on coaching throws too, but I, I miss it all the time. And, you know, because it's, it, again, it goes back to getting to share something that I've been able to learn with someone else and then seeing them succeed. And I enjoy it. It's, it's fun. Great stuff. Um, you know, a lot of experience there. I'm sure. You've been able to apply it to a lot of other, uh, things as well. Uh, you recently had seven of your athletes qualify for the state powerlifting championships across, uh, various uh, sort of exercise disciplines. Um, that seems pretty impressive. You were, I read an article about it and you, you definitely seem quite proud of what you were able to accomplish. Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, and I always give, give credit to the kids. Um, the kids are the ones that come into the weight room and do the work and put forth the effort and, and get to go and reap those, 
reap those benefits, right? We'll go to the state meet and compete in powerlifting and and win the medals and state records and, and all those things that we've been we've been blessed to, you know, kind of earn and achieve here. Um it, it's the to me it's it's about it's about the kids. I I can be the greatest strength coach in the world, write the best programming, um all the, all those things that from my end I I need to do to do my part, but if the kid doesn't apply themselves and do what we ask them to do and and push themselves, nobody gets anywhere. So to me though, it, it falls on those on those kids and they they earned they earned all the credit that they uh you know that should come down for anything is you know the the kids worked hard to get there. And, and we we had some good performances this year, both varsity and JB. That's good stuff. Good stuff. I can tell that it really does make you happy when they perform well. Um, I, I could tell just from the expression. Yeah, I mean, it's there. I'm sharing something. They're applying it and getting to see them succeed. That that's that's what I love about it. Now I'm curious to know your perspective on this which is more critical in regards to physical exercise from this perspective is it how much weight you lift or is it the number of reps you can do so when it, when it comes to that um with us and, and how we kind of value progress is we measure it across multiple disciplines um our especially within our strength program and i think that's something that Sometimes, you know, the iron dread strength and conditioning and iron dread powerlifting often get kind of pushed into one. Right. Um, we train very similar for both. Um, but with powerlifting, the measure of success is the heaviest squat, bench, deadlift total added together. Right. That's how yeah. that, that's how the kids succeed um, and place and, and rank and, and do all that. Um, with strength and conditioning, we are preparing a physical body, a human, to go out and be successful in whatever sport they're doing. So when our kids come in, we tell them and we tell the, the coaches, uh, the sport coaches and all that, if they come in and train in the Iron Dread program, we're going to send them back a physically stronger and mentally stronger human, more durable and less likely to have injury and you know, more confident human to go and translate that into whatever sport they're doing. Um, there's many times where I'll look at a kid in the weight room and go for your sweet, uh, say uh, I had a kid in the other day, it's a young, young basketball player. You know, the, the kids, you know, six, five, you know, a huge wingspan, you know, just your, your typical, your typical post player, you know, basketball right. player. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's young, so he's got room to grow still even more. Right. And, I, and I looked at him and I said, you know, the the amount that you squat isn't a direct measure of success for us. Right. The squat is a tool for us to develop your weak areas to allow you to then go and perform on the court, whether it's running up and down the court, being able to jump higher, being able to hold your ground and get more rebounds that we use the tool to help you to do those things in your sport. Right. Yeah. 
um, you know, and, and we train all, all things like, you know, we're, we are, we're, we're a conjugate training school. So that involves, you know, maximal effort lifts, you know, where we move heavy weights, you know, as, as when we strain and push against them to develop maximal strength. And we're also use the dynamic effort method where we're moving weights fast and trying to be more explosive. And then we use the repetition effort method where we're, going and trying to build up weak points and, and put muscle in when appropriate, put muscle in areas that need to be there. Um, we're not just trying to build power lifters, right. Um, of course. you know, people that, you know, they, they can't, can't move or whatever big stiff, you know, super heavyweight power lifters. We have kids that compete in that obviously you know, are super heavyweight power lifters, but we're trying to make an athlete all around that can do it all. Yeah, They're strong. They can jump. They can run. They can be explosive. That's what we try to build it. Try to build a whole, whole athlete to then put that kid into their given sport. Yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing that perspective. It's it's definitely something you know you think about, but then again, when it's explained like that, I I completely understand the picture now um if you could invite two other coaches from history to present regardless of sport um who would you choose and why hmm. and invite them and have a conversation with them well i would i would have to go and it's probably stereotypical but i would have to i would have to you know go with boshan beckler uh, mostly because I want to hear some stories from his perspective, because I've already heard all the stories from my father-in-law's perspective uh, and, and learn some more about that. But also all, all of his lessons and what he was able to do with the turnaround and, um, you know, of Michigan football when he came in. Um, but other next to him. That's a that's a tough one because I've 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 read a lot of the books right on different guys. You know, you, you hear the the legends of you know of John Wooden, yeah, right? and and his pyramid of success and and how he he took that you know the UCLA team and made them into winners. There's there's so much to learn from anybody, um, and. That's a that's a t- that's a tough one to narrow narrow it down. But Bo for sure because I also I could also hear stories because Bo was like a a second grandfather for my wife. Um, so it would be both like the personal and professional side with him. Um, I don't know I don't know it's spinning a little bit. He's not a coach. Uh, but I definitely learned a ton from him is a gentleman by the name of Jocko Willink. Um, Jocko was a Navy SEAL. Uh, it's actually him on the poster up there behind me. Um, I learned a ton from him, read his books on leadership and listened to his podcasts. And I've learned a ton from that man and would love to have the opportunity to sit down and talk with him. Um, you know, how, how can I learn from him how to be a better leader and better lead my people to help them succeed? Right. Very cool. Um, very, very good stuff. 
my next question is what lessons have you sort of learned from coaching and how do you apply them beyond coaching and sort of like your teaching aspects and you know you sort of you being a dad now like how do you take stuff that you learn in your day job and sort of apply it to other areas of your life? Yeah, it's um, ultimately everything, everything in life um, for us, it, it's, it's relationships and interacting with other people, whether it's, you know, a, a coach to a student athlete, a husband to a wife, a father to a daughter. Um, it's all kind of, interacting and and trying to trying to to work with other people even even when we're in charge over someone right like it's what what i've learned is especially especially with today's today's kids and and i've made this mistake before and trying to trying to get better at it just because you just because you bark at a kid and try to get them going to do what you want them to do doesn't always mean that's going to work. Right. Right. In, in many ways, it might, uh, it might make them, you know, resent you, um, not want to follow you, not want to come back. And, you know, in many cases, our kids are coming to the weight room. Uh, for example, they're, they're there because they want to be there, not because anybody's making them be there. Right. Of course. So I, I have to, and it's something that I try to develop and try to work on every day. And I'm not perfect at it yet. Like having, finding a way to build a relationship and getting to know somebody where then it can be a beneficial thing where we can learn from each other. Uh, we can work together to accomplish goals. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And, you know, how, how to, how to be, how to be a leader, because you can't just, you know, put somebody under your thumb, you know, and get them to listen to you. Exactly. Uh, you know, so as a, as a father too, it's like, I'm looking and saying, okay, I would love to see my daughter be a part of things that I enjoy. Right. I would love one day for her to grow up and, and be a power lifter, but I got to build that relationship. I can't just push right. her to it. Cause then she's going to feel like she was forced to do it instead of if it was something that she wanted to do, you know, and at the same time, whatever she does choose to want to be involved in, you know, I'm going to support that. So then we continue to have our relationship. You know, it's, I think, I think that's something that I learned from coaching and, and working with so many kids and so many different types of kids um, from every, you know, race, creed, socioeconomic status, you know, I, I've been all, all around. Um, and, and it all boils down to relationships and how you can interact with people and try to get them to understand. And like I said, I'm not perfect at it. I'm not all perfect right. at it yet. And, yeah. but I'm trying to get better for sure. Cause I know it's important. It's good stuff. Uh, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned family before and the hours you work is, strength coach and so on and so forth how important is it having such a sound family support system in place um it, it's absolutely crucial colin um 
part of the reason, you know, in life, you know, we choose, we choose the people to, that we are, are going to be around in many, many cases. Um, especially, you know, choosing, choosing a life partner, uh, and my wife who understands what, what it takes to have success and be successful at a high level in athletics. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, she went to her first Rose Bowl game at two weeks old. Um, so it, it it's part of it's part of that. And my family dynamic is, you know, she she's a team player, right? She knows that I'm going to be at that school, you know, for all those hours because that's what it takes for us to be successful. If I'm not there. The kids aren't training. The kids don't have access, you know, to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not building the relationship, you know, like we just talked about it, if I'm not there. Um, so having that family support system at home is, is crucial. Um, and, you know, she, where many times, you know, my wife, especially in the fall, um, you know, she teaches herself. She's a kindergarten teacher at North Creek Elementary in Chelsea and, you know, she does that all day and, and picks our daughter daughter up from our our friend's house who babysits her for us um, and then drives you know, all over here to come back to Dexter so that she and my daughter can be at our, our Friday night football game to support me and support our program. You know, um, sure. our, our big power lifting meet that we have every year. Um, and I, I invite you next year to, uh, to come out to that and check that out. I, that'll be, uh, it's pretty cool when we have a couple hundred lifters in that Dexter high school gym. Um, but being there, bringing the baby there. And I, I had this year, she was working our, our t-shirt stand. So not only, you know, along with another one of our coaches wives, um, so not only is she there taking care of the baby, but she's also there helping us, helping Iron Dread powerlifting and and selling our shirts and and doing all that. So it's 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 crucial, for sure. Uh, right here, at home in my own home, and even even my family, my family in New York from from a long long ways away. Like you know that they care about what you're doing. You know you know that. They're prideful, even though they don't live here to get to see it all the time. They're right. prideful in what we what we do around here. And and that just that just helps me to be able to to go and, and do what I need to do, because I know I got my wife, my daughter, my family, everybody, everybody's behind me understanding like, all right, this is this is what we need to do to be successful. And we all enjoy that success when our kids achieve it. Right, for sure. Um, this is a question I've asked every single guest so far, um, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. Um, do you believe in the designated hitter? Like, does it have a place within the game of baseball? Why or why not? <laughs> See, I'm 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 not a I'm not a baseball purist here. Um, but for me, uh, I tell our kids all the time, our, our baseball and softball kids, like I, I want to go to the game because I want to see strikeouts, home runs, and gunning kids out at second base when they try to steal on you. All right, right. the power, the power moves, right? Yeah, the power, the, the power, the power moves. I enjoy that. I think that's fun. 
Um, so with a, a the designated hitter in baseball, all right, you know, being from New York, throw a rod, throw a rod out there and let him uh, jack one over the fence and get everybody excited. Let let him let him hit. Do we really want to watch the pitcher hit? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's funny because I, I like I've said I've asked people that question and responses have been all over the place. Uh, your buddy Nick Schumann. He invoked the line about the designated hitter from the movie Bull Durham, you know, and Crash and Nuke, you know, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Kevin Costner's character has that line. But I've had some other people come down on the side of the fence you're on, uh, actually. So the baseball purists, I'm I'm sure, don't don't want it because you got to be able to play offense and defense. Well, for me, if it's another opportunity for somebody to get in there and and do something cool, like hit a, a hit a baseball, you know, several hundred feet into the air and get everybody excited, I'm with it. I'm in for it. For sure, for sure. Uh, what's something people, most people don't know about the coaching profession, but they should know? Most people don't know. Well, I don't know if they if they don't know or if they just forget um, that a majority of us are here to help kids, and you know, a, a good coaches are, good coaches are you know we're we're here to to help kids a lot, a lot of times, especially the high school level. Like, right? If sure. if if you took if you took the you know the amount of money that is paid to a coach. Uh, especially at the, you know, the entry levels, the, the, the freshman, you know, the middle school um, and those types of things, even on up to high school, in many cases, if you took the, the number of hours that was spent, not only working with the kids, but preparing for practices and, you know, games and whatnot, and learning to expand your craft. Like if you took those hours and added up all those hours and then figured out an hourly wage for, uh, for your coaches, uh, you know, we're probably making, you know, pennies uh, per hour, you know, what we do. So, and a majority of us are completely okay with that uh, because we're there to help kids. And like I've said through this whole thing, be able to look at it, share something, teach a kid something, and then see them succeed. And that's where we get our reward back. Um, So I think people, I don't know if people don't know that, but I think they sometimes forget that. that That's what a majority of us are here for. Majority of us are here, whether it's a strength coach, a football coach, a softball, we're, we're here to try and through sport and athletics, try to help a kid be a better human help them succeed, enjoy themselves, all that. Nice advice. I really appreciate it. Uh, Give advice for those listening that are thinking about getting into the coaching profession. Do you have anything to tell them? Uh, If you're you're thinking about getting into into the coaching profession, if you have a passion for it, I, I highly highly recommend it. It's, it's a rewarding career. And we think about, you know, our, our world now 
where we see like, you know, mental health is always a big topic with people. Right. And a lot of it for me is I think like if somebody goes to a job every day or then works their job and it doesn't fulfill them, they don't feel like they've accomplished something at the end of the day or are, are giving something back to society you know, that, that can be a difficult thing for people to deal with. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, but the coaching profession is one that leaves you feeling fulfilled. Even if you lose the game, like if you went out and a kid and and you helped that kid and, you know, you built relationships with them and you helped them to be better. Obviously we all want to win, but you made that difference that, that, that lets you come home fulfilled. Like you made a difference. Um, so for, you know, people thinking about getting into it, I, I highly recommend it. And I also, with that, seek out mentors, you know, get, get people that can, can help you because somebody that went through, you know, physical education, you know, as my, my bachelor's, you know, degree into my master's of health, phys ed and recreation, I did a lot of coaching things. All that experience obviously laid the groundwork for what we do, but you learn more from working with kids. In my opinion, you'll learn more from actually your experiences working with kids and spending time talking with others. Um, and learning from others that have done it before you than than you do in, in those those beginning things. So having mentors that help you, right? And getting in there and and doing it and feeling fulfilled. It's it's you can't beat it. Those are those are definitely those are definitely key points to remember. Uh thank you so much. I'd like to thank Chris Whitaker. This has been the CNR Sports Armchair Interviews. Episode four in the coaches series. Uh, stay tuned for our next guest, everybody. Have a good day.